Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, I am talking with Cynthia and she is sharing with us her twin birth story. Now, before we jump in the episode, I want to let you know that if you head over to our website, bestlifebombsclub.com, you will find a bunch of free resources to help you throughout your pregnancy. There are different things like packing lists. There's uh, doctor questions to ask. There are discussion topics to have with your partner. There's a whole bunch of things. So head on over there and grab them. So Cynthia is actually an old childhood friend of mine. We lost track of each other during our teen years and early 20s. And then we reconnected randomly at a work training session because unbeknownst to us, we work for the same school board. And I don't actually know much about the twins birth. So I'm super excited to hear about it. So why don't we just start at the beginning? So we had bought our house. We had settled in. I had my full-time contract. I had my job. I had my, like, you know, I got my ducks in a row and we're like, okay, time for a baby. So as they naturally seem to come. So we, um, so we had had a, there was a, preg- a brief pregnancy, um, before the twins. So there was a, um, I got pregnant early, like found out really early. And it was a, like, a, they called it a missed miscarriage. That's so I-, I had, oh, really? Yeah. That's what so I, I and, and all of these, like, I mean, the, the, I'm, I'm not the only one, <laughs> right. No. But like, we never talk about this. So yeah. So I had, I hadn't had an ultrasound because I was waiting for my like 12 or 20 week, uh, 20, 12 week, whatever the anatomy scan was, um, 20, 18 to 20, 20 weeks. Yes. So I'd gone for like a midwife appointment. I'd had all the, like all the blood work up until then was all good. Went for a midwife appointment. They didn't hear a heartbeat, but they were like, it's still early. It's just a Doppler. Like, don't stress. It's okay. I was like, of course I'm stressed now. And then the next day it started bleeding. So, and that was miscarriage. And that was like hardcore, but my, and my body was like just processing it on its own, which was kind of nice. Cause I think when then I did the ultrasound, we found out the baby had stopped growing at about like eight weeks ish. And I was about 12 at that point. So I mean, I, I didn't know that there wasn't any growth there, but at the same time, like, I don't know how I would have dealt with that if I had known. So in a way it was kind of nice that I was able to just kind of blissfully keep singing to my belly and, and, you know, love that peanut while I was there, but it was a crappy way to start things for sure. So that's all. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Like I, yeah. Right. And the other thing I learned from that first pregnancy was like, we weren't telling anyone, like we were really quiet about it. Cause we're like, okay, let's wait and see. Like we'll get, we had just started relaxing. Cause we're like, okay, we had 12 weeks now. Like we're starting to get a little more comfortable. We were about to tell his parents and like in uh, overseas. So uh, we had a trip booked. Um, We were like ready to fly. And then it's, and then it happened. So I basically had to tell, I'd call my sister and call my best friend and be like, okay, so I was pregnant and now I'm not. And I need you to like get over that really quickly and come support me now. I'm like in the ER, like I need you to come to me now, basically. Like, and that's a lot for them to deal with, right? You were like speaking exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and it's so alone. Like you feel so lonely like that. So that's what I realized. I was like, okay, if I'm going to tell someone that I've had a loss, I'm going to tell someone that I'm pregnant as well. So that was for me, I kind of settled in my head, like, you know, like, I I need to get my people, like I need my support system to know basically. So we had, and it's a whole story into itself of, uh, of like kind of the loss side of things. Cause I had processed it very differently, differently from my partner. He was very like, just part of the process just happens. And I was like, I've been a mom for 12 weeks. I haven't like, you know, this is a whole different 
this like head game for me. So it wasn't fun, but we, I basically, we went on our trip anyway against like, nobody wanted me to go, but I was like, we're going on, we're going, we're, we're going to fly. We're going to go and we're going to see, because everything seemed to be passing naturally. I didn't have to have a DNC or anything. So I had a couple like crappy days, but then was feeling better. So we went, stayed at my, like my mother-in-law's place, kept trying because they had said like, you know, cause you didn't have to have a DNC, like, you know, basically your body's going to treat it like a period. So I brought a bunch of pregnancy tests with me so I could watch the, like, I could keep testing if I was, if I had any, like I was worried about retained tissue. So yeah. I kept testing until I was negative. And I figured if I was negative, then that means like all tissues passed were okay. And so I saw it go negative. Your hormone levels are down. And exactly. Like, My yeah. hormone levels had dropped enough that there wasn't anything detectable. So I was like, okay, so that means to me, like I'm probably on the right track towards this being a completed miscarriage essentially um i'm in another country that i don't have health insurance with so i was terrified of like any complications but so i brought like all my kits of my testing stuff and everything with me but um Ooh. so we got we we started i saw that go down and then my body ovulated like it was a normal cycle like i have like a really regular period so my body basically treated the miscarriage as a period and i had like i think i ovulated like 12 days or 14 days after like i normally would so we wow. kept trying I know. That's, isn't that crazy? Wow. That is yeah. so crazy. I know my body was like, okay, okay. We know what to do. Like, let's get going into this. So the reason that, that, that I say this is because it was, I had twins, but apparently now having learned, um, there are a lot of people who have twins after a loss. So yes. your body's just like, okay, like let's double down essentially and drops extra eggs. I had paternal twins. So it drops extra eggs and you, and I could have fertilized. I don't even know because we had had sex multiple times in that window as you do. So I don't even know if they were both the same time. Like it could even be that they were fertilized on different days, which is that, fascinating as well I, to me. Also fascinating. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Like wild. I have heard what you said about like that it is not uncommon that if you experience a loss that there there you if you have an have a loss you almost have an increased chance of a multiple Multiples. yeah because your body is like yeah let's yeah, let's go. right right grow some more and honestly it. at that time i think i probably would have waited a cycle to, and to avoid that not knowing that at that time but i mean you know twins is our life now and that's but it, it, it was a it's that it's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I would voluntarily go for twins my first pregnancy or my first like birth necessarily, but anyway. So so the so then we came back from the trip. We're in Israel, we were in uh, and we're in Italy, and then we came back and I started to test positive again. I was like, okay, so my doctor doesn't know if this is retained tissue or if this is pregnancy. So we went in for a viability scan, and we had never had an ultrasound where we saw a baby's heartbeat yet. So like we'd had, we had gone in for the loss. So I like, I didn't have any positive experiences with any of this. So I was oh, really my heart, nervous. my chest is so tight for you. Right. Right. Yeah. I was like, please let there be a heartbeat. Like I knew the chances, if there was a heartbeat on the monitor, I knew the chances were good. And we had already watched the HCD levels, like my hormone levels rising. And ironically, in hindsight, I remember saying to my partner, yeah, like it's, it must be a healthy baby. We're almost in like twin territory because it wasn't just doubling. It was like quadrupling every, every 48 hours or whatever number it does. So how were you, I mean, were you being, were you testing? How were you? I went to your my levels? doctor. So my doctor did like two tests, uh, like for, I think it's 48 hours. I forget the exact numbers now. So I, I feel like I have I had my little, I had a little like book that I wrote this all down in. And I, so I, I remember writing down like, okay, this is the range it should be. And mm -hmm. I'm above that. And I was like, perfect. Okay. I'm above that. Like there's a something growing there. We're okay. Didn't yeah. even occur to me that it'd be twins. Like didn't even like cross my mind. <laughs> so, so, so did I, your, was your doctor sending you for blood work just to track yes, your HG exactly, levels? Okay. Exactly. That makes exactly. Sense. Yeah, exactly. They wanted to make sure that like, just because of the miscarriage being so close to the pregnancy then, um, they wanted to make sure they didn't know what was happening with my body. They didn't know if it was like still kind of hanging on from the first pregnancy or if this was something new or if everything was okay. So, but you have to wait until the baby's a certain size to do an ultrasound anyway. Usually, so my doctor likes to like, do like viability like, tends to be like seven weeks. Like they this, go. Yes. Six, exactly. seven weeks is kind of the earliest. If you go earlier, yeah. you can have an early, I only know because like I had early, early yeah. ultrasounds. Um, yeah. and I had to go for continued, like to get to that seven week <sighs> kind of to check for so the 
that must've been awful for the heartbeat. Well, <laughs> right. Like, but I had like one of them, um, actually Finn's pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and like my, my miscarriage was my very first pregnancy as well, okay. as well prior to Freya. And so yeah. we were at a fertility clinic and yeah. so we were ultrasound and like, constantly, right. Yes. So we saw that. Yes. Um, right. and then with Finn, we weren't at a clinic and they thought because my cycles are not regular. Yeah. They were like, you're like 15 weeks. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm 15 weeks. Sorry. And they're yeah. like, no, you are based on your last period. I'm like, okay, no. Right. Um, <laughs> so I went for a scan, like yeah. for a scan and they're like, oh yeah, it was like five weeks. And then uh. I remember seeing on the paperwork, my doctor who was terrible at the time, cause it was a different <laughs> like GP okay. um, said like, retail like go back and check viability and like oh. and then it said like don't think viable and it's uh, just horrible I'm like you don't do that uh, with someone with a loss like I'm sorry geez, exactly exactly oh but it was at seven weeks then I saw yeah. a heartbeat so and that yeah. was part of the reason my doctor didn't want to do it too early too because she was like I know what's happened recently. I don't want to send you in and panic you if there isn't anything. And she's like, we're just going to have to hold it and wait and see like we're like she wanted she didn't want to send me in too early which in hindsight worked out for me again, worked out for me. Okay. But we were tracking HCG to just to make sure that they were continuing to rise yeah. healthily, which they were. So, which they were like very well. So uh, go into the ultrasound and it's pre pandemic. Like this is 2016. So, or 2015, I guess. So I go in by myself first, but then my partner come in at the end. So she's all up in there. She's, it's gotta be transvaginal because the baby's so little, which I was like, well, this is a whole lot of fun too, but she was in there for a long time and they can't really tell you anything when they're, Oh, the texts don't tell you anything. And you're like, okay, I just need you to say like, everything's okay. Exactly. Out here. I started to learn what questions I could ask. I had a lot of ultrasounds over the pregnancies. So I would ask like, can you tell me the heart rate? Cause they could do that. They could tell me the heart rate. I'm like, okay, if you can tell me the heart rate, then there is a heartbeat. So we can go with that or like, I always, I would always ask, um, is there a heartbeat? And I always went like with every ultrasound, especially my dating early ones, I always just would go in there. Like when they ask, like, how are you? I'm like, I'm not well, I'm freaking out. Like I had a loss before. I just like, I'm really scared. And that always, I always found were more willing to like, be like, okay, there's a share a little bit. Yeah. Even though they weren't allowed to do. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Or the ones that'll just give you a little wink, like, (laughs) or don't always turn the monitor all the way around. Like, okay, I can see. All right. I got it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So she's poking around for a long time and I was like, please let there be something. So eventually she's like, yeah, okay. I do see a heartbeat. Um, she's like, I just have to like this, you know, it's kind of like a, kind of a weird angle. So I'm going to, you know, keep looking around. So she's spent a long time doing measurements. Then she, goes out, you know, what's your partner's name, goes out and finds him, brings him back in. Um, and then, so she shows us. So, and then we, you know, turns around the monitor so we can look at it together. And she's like, okay, you know, here's the baby, here's the spine, here's the head, here's the feet, like kind of like do the whole little like guided tour of your like, you know, little blob. The little um, bean. <laughs> the little bee, yeah. And like, here's the heartbeat. And we're like, whew, thank goodness. And then she scans up and she said, and here's the other one. And we're like, the other what? The other what? She's like, here's the other baby. We're like, uh, like jaws on the floor we could not believe it I was like I'm here for a viability scan and you're telling me there's another one which I think my partner had said please tell me there's not a third <laughs> I was like and the next and the next thing in his head he told me in hindsight was like this is going to be expensive I was like yeah yeah it is <laughs> so we spent like the next like we were just trying to process like just trying to like we're like oh my god like I don't have, I did not expect twins. I never wanted twins. Like it was never, people stop me in the grocery store all the time. And they're like, Oh, I always wanted twins. I'm like, I did not, I was not that person. So do you have twins in your I family? Was, well, you like turns out I do, but I didn't know. So my grandfather is a twin. He's a fraternal twin. He has a twin sister. I never met him. He was like, he passed away before I was born and they talked about his sister, but I swear never told us it was a twin sister. We never registered that. My little sister too had no idea. So when we finally told my parents, we're like, there we're having twins and there aren't even twins in the family. Like, you know, isn't that crazy? And my dad said like, hang on, like my dad was a twin and they're twins higher up in the family. I was like, what are you? I was like, so it's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> 
It's wild. <laughs> so we had a good solid laugh at that. So we, but we spent a long time processing. Like it just took a long, that beginning stages of like babies. We kept saying like babies to each other, like baby. Okay. When the baby is born, we're like, oh my God, babies. Like we have to make this plural now, which was like a total, like it took us weeks to get our head there. Wow. At that point we figured like, we want to find out the sex because twins was surprised enough. Um, but like pregnancy was healthy. Like everything looks really good. Both babies looked really good. They were in good spots. Baby A, baby B, we figured out like, and we, I pretty much hit Google and started learning everything I could. So I'm starting to buy everything secondhand and then like twos because twins, another thing people stop me in the grocery store and say, say is like, Oh, two for one, two for one. I'm like, do you see me with two uh, like high chairs and two car seats and two cribs and two <laughs> everything else that I could hand down to a subsequent kid? No, they're not cheaper. Because so, all that stuff doesn't come as a BOGO. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can't just like give it to the first kid and then and, like pass it down to the next kid. So anyway, so the planning began um, and then pregnancy kind of like it went pretty well. It was going pretty well. I was super nauseous, which makes sense because your body, like you've got double the growth hormones in your system and all of it's the hormones that make you sick. So all of my symptoms were amplified. Like my hips were really achy. My nausea was insane. Like crazy headaches, just like everything happened. And I had that like bloat before I had the bump, like I was so, oh, oh the bloat. Yeah. <laughs> like I swear you, you look more pregnant at like 10 weeks than you do at like 14. <laughs> absolutely. You're just like, yeah. oh my God, I can't do it. My pants. Right. And, <laughs> and the difference between the beginning of the day and the end of the day. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm pregnant now. Oh, now I'm not like, it's just <laughs> wild. So anyway, so, um, so yeah, so pregnancy kind of kept like ticked along and everything was good. And then hubby went away to California for six weeks. I think he was doing like a, a work thing. So I was on my own. I was like, that's fine. I'm teaching. I'm, you know, going to work, doing everything. I have no kids at home. I just have a cat. So I'm good. Um, and then I woke up in the middle of the night with like crazy bleeding. And I was like, and it was around the same stage. Like it was around 12 weeks. It was around oh. almost, yeah, it was around the same stage as the miscarriage. I was like, oh, okay, here we go again. Like, like bloody footprints to the bathroom. Like it was a <gasps> lot of blood. Yeah. Oh, like super, super scary. God. I know. And I was like, okay, no one's here. It's like 3am. I'm like, I'm going to drive myself to the hospital now. So no, you did not. You I did. Not I know. Why <laughs> did you I was an ambulance? Well, I was, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really because good Because you're in shock and you were like, okay. I know, right? I was like, I can do this myself. I can drive. I just put a pad in and I drove myself there. So I got in pretty quickly and I was seen. And, um, but so I start calling my partner and he is like, he's on a different time zone. So I start calling. I was like, I'm in the hospital. I'm like calling in my supply plans and everything else. Cause I was like, I'm not going to work tomorrow, uh, but someone needs to go in for me. So, oh, life of a um, so I'm calling all right. Exactly. I'm like, okay, 3am. When is everyone starting to wake up? So he's in a different time zone and he wakes up to these texts and like and messages saying like, Hey, I'm in the hospital. There's a bleed, whatever else he wakes up panicked. Of course, at this point, I finally gone in like the ultrasound department has opened at like 6am or whatever it does. Um, so I can go in for an ultrasound. So I'm not picking up my phone either. And he, cause I'm in the middle of the ultrasound. Oh, gosh. Pick it up. So he's panicked, like absolutely panicked. My like sister doesn't know what's going on either. I was very, um, I terrified everybody. So, so a ton of bleeding. I was like, guaranteed there's no baby. Like there can't be a baby left. And they're like, they're like one or both are gone. So they go in, they like, you know, show me like they do the ultrasound quickly. And thankfully I had a wonderful tech who showed me like really, really fast. She was like, yeah, here's baby A's heartbeat. Here's baby B's heartbeat. And I am a puddle of tears. Cause I was like, I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to cry that much, but I was like, I was so relieved because I really didn't think that there would be anything there, but babies were happy. So it turned out I had a subchorionic hemorrhage, which is super common. I had a big one and it's not related to twins. It's not related to me. It's not related to anything. It's just like a weird fluky thing, but a subchorionic, a subchorionic hemorrhage is basically like a bruise on the outside of your like uterus, essentially, I think if I'm remembering it correctly. Okay. So it's just like, it's basically not inside where the babies are and it's not outside where I am. It's kind of like in between and you okay. can see it on the ultrasound. It's like this big mass of like white. Um, and it just bleeds. It just bleeds for a long time. So, but mine was really large. So that got me 
automatically hooked into my OB earlier because I wasn't going to see him for a few more weeks still because we don't get there quite a way like you know you, you wait a few weeks to see them yeah um, it's usually like well like for us like tw- in Ontario I think it was going to be 20 weeks actually I think I wasn't going to see them till 20 yeah and even with I, twins yeah if you're low if you're low risk at least yeah. in Ontario it yeah. tends to be like 20 yeah. Uh, like if you're low, if you're kind of low or multiple, no, what is it? Like high risk and multiples, like around 20 weeks there for like yes. a lot of people yeah. in Ontario who are just, you know, no risk at all. And yeah, essentially no real concerns. Risk. Yeah. Um, like some people are like 28, 30 weeks. That's wild. Eh? Isn't that crazy? And I mean, you're, I mean, you're still cared for. Like I had a family doctor who was watching me the whole way through and everything else. Yeah. But and you so I had like good care, but I wasn't seeing yeah. my OB yet. Exactly. So it was kind of nice. Cause that bumped me over to him a little bit earlier. So I was yeah. able to start like going in to see him and he, and he talked me through it and he was like, you know, like, like this bleed, like it's annoying, but it's not really going to, it's not a risk to the babies. It's not a risk to you. Technically he's like, it's just a lot of blood. And like, we need to get you on iron because you're definitely going to be feeling like garbage pretty soon but it lasted the bleeding lasted for I'm gonna say like eight weeks of bleeding that that is insane isn't that wild and And so I had to go in for ultrasounds frequently to watch the subchorionic hemorrhage check the babies make sure everything was okay um and we slowly watched it get smaller and smaller and smaller like kind of like deflated almost like a balloon and then it was just like this little whisper of a white line and it was always there like even at the ultrasounds at the very end but the bleeding had stopped directly but it was a big one so it took a little longer so it was about eight weeks that I was bleeding like probably seven to eight weeks and then it kind of petered off and there were kind of times where it would like go up or down like it have a little bit more and I think it was based on where the babies were positioned or how they moved or how I moved um but it was never the difference between the subchorionic hemorrhage and the miscarriage was that I never had any pain with the subchorionic hemorrhage there was no cramping at all it was just bleeding like it didn't feel like a period at all where the miscarriage felt like very heavy cramping like really uncomfortable so like I knew that as long as I didn't have any cramps along with it I was like okay I can kind of self-monitor like I I know I'm okay I want to keep working because I I was like I was kind of stupid about it too I was like oh I'm gonna be bored like cute in hindsight but uh because he was like well I could write you off but not really like you're probably okay to work I was like oh I'm fine I'm fine so it kept me busy at least but um yeah it just kind of solved itself you know I'm just at school bleeding for eight weeks right yeah can you just watch my class for a second (laughs) just wild eh the things we do I know well that's exactly (laughs) it's like the things that we do when we just want to be like, everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I don't want like any special treatment. Exactly. Exactly. And I think especially because I gone straight from miscarriage to twin pregnancy, there was no processing time for us. There was no, like, this has happened. Like, you know, like, I think I was just still in like, go, go, go mode. Like I was definitely like, okay, you know, I'm going to learn everything I need to about twins. I'm going to like I'm going to figure this out the best I can, but like, I'm not really stopping to feel any of this. Like I was just in pure action mode. So the hemorrhage was just like another piece of the action. Where I was like, okay, I know what to do. I know what this means. I know what this means. Like it kind of, so, you know, I think that's kind of where I was at and that's how part of the reason I was able to push through, but it was I think a lot, anyway. I, I, that sounds very similar. Like, obviously I didn't have a hemorrhage or anything like that, but it's just like the kind of pushing through and everything's fine. I'm okay. I think that's a very common kind of mindset for a first pregnancy, like a first, yeah. you know, a long pregnancy Yes. Um, where you're kind of like, yeah, like there's nothing that I need to worry about. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go, go, go. Like everything's normal. Absolutely. When sometimes Absolutely. We, do, we do need to stop and just like think yeah. and process and kind of reflect yeah. on our situations. And also, sure. and, and like give ourselves time to like just relax, which is something that I've talked yeah. about too, like a lot in the podcast yeah. and with our members yeah. and like the membership is like, I massively regret like per- just going and yeah. wanting to ignore being pregnant, even though I was yes. happy and I was, I loved yes. being pregnant. I was very happy. Yeah. It was just like, I'm not going to let this stop me. There are no limitations. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going right? to be one of those pregnant women right? that waddle. <laughs> watch me waddle <laughs> watch me have my baby at 34 weeks like, right yes <laughs> it's gonna happen so. oh gosh I know but like, right? it's I, so true though it's so true like I think now looking back on it and especially like you know spoiler I had two and then another one but like post Eddie like post third baby um, that's when like things hit the fan for me of like trying to processing all of that like I hadn't really dealt with 
the entire journey really. So I think it's, yeah, it takes time, right? It takes time and you have to be ready for it too. Like you have to be ready to kind of get your feelings there and be raw about that. But I, in that mode was very much like, go, go, go. Like, we're just going to keep, we're going to keep motoring along. And it was just eyes on the prize of like, get to the end of the pregnancy. So like twin pregnancy is interesting. I always joked because I said, like, I felt like I was first trimester pregnant forever. Well, I was kind of basically, cause I was like, I had a miscarriage and that like I was 12 weeks and then another 12 weeks. I was like, I've been first trimester pregnant for like too many weeks at this point. I've been yeah. sick for so long. And then I was like, okay, second trimester is coming. It's going to be beautiful. But with twins, you're measuring like way larger than you are the amount of stress on your body. Like that's really what makes you feel so cruddy in third trimester is like all of the weight on your pelvis and like all of that. Like, like there's so many other pieces that come into play physically with, with third trimester. I was so tired and so bloated and everything and that hit second trimester. So I was like, okay, I don't even get a second trimester with this. Like guys, come on. <laughs> the bleeding stopped. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm miserable. So, so my family doctor or no, my OB at that point had said, um, you're going to work until what did he say? I think he said 26 weeks. He'd said, he said, cause normally he wouldn't write, he's not a doctor that writes people off typically. Like he likes people to keep working. I have my thoughts about that, but, but he, uh, he said, um, he said at 22 weeks and at 24 weeks, you're going to think I'm crazy that I'm going to write you off at 28. And he's like, it's a non-negotiable twin pregnancy. You're going to be off at 28 weeks. He's like at 26 weeks, you're going to understand. And he was absolutely right. I was good until like 24, 25. I was like, okay, okay. Like I've got this, I've got this 26 weeks, 27 weeks. And I was like, oh my God, can we do this a week earlier? Like I am done and I'm teaching, but I'm teaching big kids. So I can kind of sit down when I need to and get them to fill up my water bottle and stuff like that. But holy cow. So I ended up uh, going off, even though the bleeding had stopped mostly at that point. I, I think he used that as my reason to be off anyway, but I was like, yeah, really, it's just like a lot of stress on my body. So took like a short-term leave, essentially a short-term medical leave. And then I didn't start my mat leave until the twins were born. But um, I ended up on bed rest again. Then shortly after I'd been written off for like, a week because I had like a, I think it was probably the subchoriatic hemorrhage, but I had like a bleed that happened like a big one and a, like a gush kind of thing. So oh. they brought me in, kept me overnight and they were like, okay, it could be the hemorrhage still kind of like lingering around there, or it could be something new, but we're not going to risk it. So, um, so I just spent like one night in the hospital and then got to go home, but I did, um, but they wanted me to stay off my feet for a week. So I kind of got to like be catered to a little bit. I had my baby shower at that week too. They were like, I, which was so hard because everyone's coming in and they want, I want to hug them and get, and they're like, sit down, sit. <laughs> like, I, oh, right. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I got to be in the corner and have everyone waited around me, which was kind of fun. But, um, yeah, so we hit that point and then it was just kind of like, okay, like just get to the end. Like, Oh, it was brutal. It was like, just, a, it was very intense. I, I always described twin gro- a twin pregnancy as like when you're carrying the grocery bags and you're carrying too many and your fingers are slipping, but you're like, I am not putting down the bags and doing two trips. I'm carrying all of them to the door. And I like, you know, even if I break the eggs, like I am going to get there. I kind of felt like that. Like I felt my, like my fingers are slipping and I was like barely hanging on, but I was still there. So made it to, so with twins, usually your due date is around, like most twins are born around 36 weeks is kind of the average where 40 weeks would be the average for a single. Um, so I was kind of looking at 36 weeks as my due date. Everyone's looking at 36 weeks as my due date. So, um, push through the due date. I am like totally miserable. I'm like, please don't even touch me. I was calling myself Pregosaurus Rex at that point. I was like, I am too big and too uncomfortable. I am measuring like 10 weeks ahead. Like when they do the circumference, like measurement. Oh no, the, the, like the one, what is, it's not circumference. It's the one from like your fundal height. Is that yeah. that's the one Yeah. where they do like, yeah, that's that one. So I went measuring 10 to 12 weeks ahead. So I'm measuring like 40 ish like belly something. butt from like belly it's button like, to like pelvis. So like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. The, yeah. From belly butt to pelvis. So my husband's in the meet in the, in the appointment one time, he said, is she going to measure 50 weeks? I'm like shooting daggers at him. I was like, 
yeah, probably, but like, let's not even talk about that, oh. please. Like, <laughs> and I would think I measured like 49 weeks by the end of it, but no, at you... a certain point they just, oh, it was so big. It was oh, so well, big. Okay. So we have to tell <laughs> the listeners though, that like, yes. we have to explain that like you are a yes. cute woman. You are not, yes. I will I'm, say, I'm, I'm tall. Two. You're, yes. you're not tall. I'm five two. I am not tall. I managed to kind of tuck them in there pretty well. Cause I actually have short legs, but like a decently tall torso. Yeah. So I kind of like tuck them in there pretty decent, but I was very pregnant, like very pregnant pregnant. I started to retain water near the end of it as well, which yeah. I think is kind of a normal thing. So normal, um, I started, but like yeah, super normal. And my, and I walked in and my doctor said like, Oh, I, he was off for a week. Like he was on vacation and came back and he was like, Oh, you look puffy. I was like, Oh, thanks buddy. Like, thanks. I feel fabulous. And like, great. Thanks for the compliment. He's like, Oh, you know, I could tell because I've been away. I was like, okay. He's like, we should probably look at your, like how much water you're retaining. So i my face was getting puffy. My nose was swollen. My fingers were swollen. My feet were like, like memory foam, like you could like put, I would yes. have like pitted, pitting edema. You could like stick your thumb in. I, we, I remember being at St. Jacob's because like we didn't stop doing anything. We went to the market and we like sat there and I was like, I need to put my feet up. And I put my, I took my, my flip-flops off and I still had that V for my flip-flops for like a good 10 minutes. I was oh, like, it's not going away. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my whole body was pregnant. So, um, where was it going with that? So, so you, so uh, you made it to your 36 weeks. And you I did. Past, and you I was measuring like, 10 weeks. Ahead. I was measuring a ton ahead. I was so big. Uh, oh, this, the, the fluid. So I had like a pocket of fluid that basically like accumulated at the bottom of my belly. So, and it was all like soft and like, like it was like, it was skin, but my belly started to look like an egg because it was like, it was round, but then it had this like pocket of fluid at the bottom. It what? was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Have you ever heard of this before? I've so, never heard of this before. I'm going to have to look at, look it up and figure out exactly what it was called. But I basically like, it was just from the fluid retention in my body. And it's like, it was just kind of holding like between, I got my book here too. I'm, I'm sure that my doctor told me what was happening. He wasn't worried. He's like, yeah, it's not pretty, but you're fine basically. But it's it felt like pretty. soft right? It was not pretty. It was not pretty. I would take baby bump pictures, but like tuck it into my underwear. I'm like, I don't, we don't need to see this. <laughs> I have a few of them, but it was not pretty. So I was like, okay, I mean, however delivery happens, like that's fine. But like, I cannot deal with the, like, this has to go away. Basically I'll send you a picture later. It's a good one. Oh, it's, um, <laughs> so it's called polyhydramnios. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Polyhydramnios. And it's okay. the excess, excessive accumulation of amniotic fluid that yeah. surrounds the uterus, like around the uterus, but it's at the bottom of the belly. Yeah. Fluid retention. That's it was it was crazy. really pretty. Yeah. It was really nice. And my OB had said like some it's sometimes it's not because of the twins, but just there's just more fluky things that happen with your body when when you've got that much like hormone in your system and pressure on your whole your whole body. So, so yeah, so I was not pretty, I was not happy by the end of it, but got to my 36 week appointment. And I was like, okay, we're booking the date. Like, I know like, it's going to be like, we're booking an induction basically. Cause we're not going past this. So he was like, okay, yeah, I'll see you next week. I was like, what? <laughs> You're going to see me next week. I was like at 37 weeks. <laughs> I was like, no, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, well, you know, it's kind of like, like if this was 40 weeks, we would usually go to 41 and continue to monitor. He's like, I was doing ultrasounds constantly at that point, just to, I was doing, um, the uh, non-stress tests just yep. to check like baby is uh, what was it baby's like doing like breath like they're breathing, breathing the, and like their fluid levels exactly so yeah. I was doing those like weekly um so that we knew the babies were fine I was just not fine so so we wait till 37 weeks I go back again I was like okay this is it and he's like well okay you know we'll wait and see we'll wait and see I was like you've got to be kidding me we're actually going to go to 38 weeks with, with twins like and I was like and how much am I measuring at this point he's like do you feel 50 weeks pregnant I was like yeah I think I feel 50 weeks pregnant so thankfully he took my blood pressure after he told me I was going to be pregnant for another week. And my blood pressure <laughs> was high, shockingly, shockingly. <laughs> and at that point they were very specific about why you could be induced. So that qualified me for an induction. So he's like, okay, like your blood pressure's high. Let's send you over. Do you like, think that was a trick that fine, he did so that he could it induce totally might've been <laughs> totally might've been <laughs> right. I was like, I, whatever it takes, I'm not questioning it. Like, let's get these babies out. So I knew at that point, I was like, okay, induction is fine. Like, we'll, you know, we'll get, we'll get going this way. 
see what happens. I, there were a lot of non-negotiables with delivering twins. So I had to have, I had to deliver in an OR, um, like must, must be delivered in an OR regardless of how like method of delivery. So, um, even, had to even have if an, you, so even if you did even for a vaginal birth, a vaginal birth, still had to be OR yeah, theater, still had to okay. be in an OR just because there's so many things that could go wrong. Yeah. Um, and basically you're, you've got two babies in your uterus that are going through labor, like the whole like the whole time so like baby a is usually the one that we label at the one at the bottom is like first one out so baby a is born like you know kind of traditionally baby b has been inside the uterus for all of those contractions the entire time too so sometimes baby b is the one that they worry more about because, because they basically baby b has to go through labor again essentially to like get, because they you know, like go into distress exactly right. so baby b was the one that we were watching pretty carefully at that point um so started induction um how, how like are you induced uh, I was already three centimeters, so I didn't need to have any like gel or anything else. It was just like, um, Pitocin or oxytocin, uh, oh, like yeah. through an IV. Yeah. Pitocin, so I was yeah. in the hospital. I I've been like admitted at, at that point too. They were like, okay, baby's happening today. Um, so I had to have the OR, I had to have an epidural, although they'd said like, you don't have to have it turned up. Like it can be just like placed, but not like active, but they wanted it there just in case something happened. Uh, and they had to put me out and do a C-section quickly. If there's a quick emergency C-section, then they wanted to be able to access that quickly. The alternative being like, they literally have to just knock you out and do it. And I yeah. did, and you want to be conscious for it if you can. So, so I was like, okay, that's fine. Like we can do that. And then there are a ton of people. I'm sure Amanda talked about like the number of people that are in that, like, well, yeah, I mean, room. yeah, she's talked yeah. about it because everybody everyone. has their own team. You have yes. a team, baby exactly. has a Each team, baby and has baby a team. has a team. Yeah. And then all the equipment for each of those teams as well. So yeah. there were people everywhere. Um, I had lovely nurses and my, and it was my doctor delivering, which was amazing. Oh, that's doing, nice. Like, oh, actually, no, we had like, I, we got to step, step back a little bit. So I had an amazing team anyway. So it, I was induced, I was being induced and I'd been like, kind of like labor was slowly, I started to feel contractions. I also had the epidural. The epidural didn't like, it was placed well, but it didn't take very well. Like I, I think I'm the fluky one who like metabolizes it really quickly so they had to change the ratio anyway long story but um so get the epidural going and then baby b the one that they're watching started to go more into distress so they're like okay like he was having d cells on the monitor so they're watching his heart rate just worried about like is he comfortable is he not um I, my water had been broken at that point oh and they have to okay so slight side sideline um so ideally the way that they wanted to deliver vaginally the babies was baby a normal basically a normal delivery like a normal vaginal delivery like nothing exciting baby b then they will reach in and break the water because the water hasn't broken for baby b yet because they because they're fraternal twins yeah because they're in their sacks. own separate sacks own placenta they're basically an entirely separate they were dye dye twins they call it so dye I think it's dichromatic, dizygotic, or no, dye something else. Um, own sacks, own placentas. They're totally yeah. separate, just shared a womb, basically. So they have to reach in, break the water for baby B. Then they want to grab him by the feet. I was like, hey, hang on, we're reaching. Like, I'm not sure where we're at. They want to do a breach extraction is the best way to do it because your cervix starts to go, like it starts to close up pretty quickly after giving birth. Yeah. It doesn't know there's another baby in there and they yeah. don't want to have to restart labor entirely. So my doctor prefers to do a breach extraction. So reach in, get baby B's feet, and then like guide him out, basically. It's like the best case scenario. Because as soon as baby B is in there by themselves in like the swimming pool, they're in like the Olympic swimming pool, they flip around, they're all over the place. Like yeah. we never cared where baby B was on the ultrasound because we knew he was going to move. So, um, so we get in there and then baby B is the one that's giving us trouble. He always was the one giving us trouble on the ultrasound too. Like it's hard to find him. He was like under my ribs. He's still that kid. <laughs> He's like, totally. It's all about baby B. So, um, so they were worried about him. My blood pressure was like tanking. I was feeling miserable. Like it just wasn't going super well. So, and I wasn't dialing. Like I wasn't going anywhere. So I think I was three centimeters when we came in to start the Pitocin. And normally they want to see like a centimeter per hour ish is what my hospital was looking for. And I was, I think I'd gone to like three and a half, four. And I think they gave me like the half centimeter because they felt bad. They were like, maybe a half. I was like, yeah, you don't have to. It just wasn't, which makes sense when you have like your uterus is so big at that point because it's stretched so far with two people in it that it's hard for it to contract down effectively. So mm -hmm. my cervix just couldn't really like dilate properly. So it just wasn't, it wasn't going very well. So they said, okay, like, I think we're going to call a C-section. And I had said to my doctor, like, I know a C-section is possible. Like, I know this is entirely possible. 
my only worry was like, I don't want to deliver baby A vaginally and then have a C-section for baby B. I was like one root of exit. If we're calling a C-section, please do it early. So we just like, you know, do it, do it. It'll be fine. Like I know the, like, I know the chances are higher. So they ended up calling C-section took probably like maybe half an hour for me to get down. Like it wasn't like distress, which was kind of nice. It's like, we don't, he wheeled me down slowly and we got in there and my partner's making jokes the whole time as he would like just having a merry old time. So it was a pretty relaxed C-section, even though it was technically an emergency C-section being that it wasn't like, they call it an emergency C-section if it wasn't planned. So like a, like a scheduled C-section would be like, if you knew it was happening, you have a date, you come in. Which is what Amanda had. She like, she had a scheduled C-section. So it's a little bit different. Mine was considered an emergency C-section because it wasn't meant to be a C-section at that point. So, I mean, but it wasn't like emergent and well, I don't know right. what it was, but anyway, it was like, get the it wasn't we like had a little the, bit of time. <laughs> yeah. It, it was yeah. like, okay, we need to do this now, but exactly. it wasn't like now, 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 now. Exactly. Exactly. So I had a bit of time to kind of process, which was nice as well. This section wasn't, was weird. Like it was very weird. It was like, I took a lot of pictures during the time, which I couldn't look at for a long time, but we got like insanely cool pictures from him. Like he's up by my head else is like down by my toes um and he like would reach over like take little shots of like like baby coming out it was just like a lot of pressure and we're like a lot of pressure a lot of pulling like a lot of like like reefing my body around i was like what are you doing down there as they like are going through layers like they're cutting through layers they're like reaching in to get the spot and they don't want to make a huge hole like they're not trying to make like a large incision so that you can heal a little more quickly so there's just a lot of steps to like get in there safely so um, so they, they get in, everything's fine. They pull a baby B or baby A. He's like mad. He looks like an angry little old man. And we like saw him and we named him Oscar. And I was like, he is a grouchy little old man. He's perfect for, he's continued to be perfect for that name. So we've, so he came out all fine. No problems at all. Baby B was like for a lot further up. So they had to like really get in there to try and like find him at that point. And like, cause everything's wet and slippery. So they get baby B out. So there's just three minutes between them. It was really, really fast. And pretty much like doctor pretty much does like gets baby out passes them off to the pediatrician team and they do everything from there, do all the weighing, all the checking and everything else. And I got to hold, and I'd already done, I knew like, I hopefully would get to hold baby A while they're doing baby B. So I got him on my chest right away, which was really nice. So we got to have a bit of time as they're kind of like feeling around for baby B. I was really cold. I was like freezing cold. I was really like my teeth were chattering quite a bit, which I mean, it's talked about how cold it is. Yeah. Yes. I was frozen and it's just the drugs they give you, but and the adrenaline too. And the adrenaline for sure. Because like actually shaking during labor and just about before you deliver is a very, very common experience. It's called like late, it's called delivery shakes. Really? and then yeah it's labor and delivery yeah it's shaking is something that is super super common like it's kind of disturbing like I found it kind of disturbing because it's like when your teeth are chattering and you can't stop yeah like it's kind of I didn't it was and it's whole body too yes exactly exactly I was like like you're going into shock yeah yeah Yeah, but exactly and I was worried I was like they're gonna end up like cutting a crooked line like I'm shaking so much and yeah so I said to the anesthesiologist who was lovely it was there like right at my head checking in on me all the time I said, like, I'm shaking a lot. She's like, I can give you more drugs, but it just means it's going to take a little longer to wear off. And I was like, that's fine. Like, just go ahead. So she gave, so she kind of boosted the, um, the drug so that it, it, I just didn't feel that like chattering anymore, which is kind of nice. Um, but then I couldn't, I'm also, you also have your hands out to be able to, so that they can access your veins and everything for the anesthesia. Are you in a, like, uh, a so were you in like yeah, a, you're in a position? Exactly. Yeah. So I was in a T so it's kind of hard to hold a baby like that too. And like first time baby, like I was pretty sure it was like, like the most delicate thing ever. And I just was really worried about dropping them. So we were pretty much held them on my chest and like, and I just got a little bit of visit time, but we got a little, like got a little video, got a little bit some pictures and stuff, which was great. And then he got to go over and kind of get like some more checks and stuff. And then baby B got to come over for just a couple of minutes, but he was a little more, they were more worried about him. They thought he had like swallowed some fluid when he was coming out basically. Um, and he was, a, his chest sounded a little bit like rumbly when they were listening to it. So they were worried that he'd like aspirated a little bit that he had a bit of fluid in his lungs. Um, and which is a worry for them, like with the, with the delivery. So that meant because they wanted to bring him upstairs to like back into the labor and delivery ward up to like to the like the isolates and stuff just to double check him so like um nurse, so that like meant, the special nursery yes exactly because normally they would keep everyone they try to keep mom together with babies as much as they can but i knew that there was a chance like 
you know, if baby needs more care, then obviously I'm not going anywhere because they're still like putting me back together again. And um, so we had agreed my partner would go with the babies and we would keep the babies together. So we'd have that conversation ahead of time. Thankfully, we ran through all of this. This is my anxious brain of like, I've run through every possible scenario. I I totally did that. Like after we had Freya, like with Finn, it was always like, okay, what's the plan? And actually when I was in in labor with Freya, I was like, okay, like, what are we going to do? Like when the baby's born, you have to go with the baby. Yes. Exactly. Don't worry. Which about is like, me. yeah, exactly. Right. The baby. And of course he's worrying about you, but, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, go with the babies. Like, you know, and, and they're in a totally different wing of the hospital. Like they're like, you know, they're gone. And I'm like, so they finish off the surgery. They're joking around. I had like an awesome team and they will you into recovery. And then you have to wait until the epidural like wears off. Uh, before you can go back up again. So they want to make sure that you're basically coming out of it because they both like boosted up the drugs for me because I was shaking so much. It took longer for it to wear off. But I remember they, they had gotten a call um, and I was the only one there because it's like three in the morning at this point. I got it. They got a call down. The nurse got a call with um, and wrote down the baby's weights for me because I didn't even know how much they weighed yet. So they wrote down the weights for me. And I like, remember like clutching to this little post-it note of like, ah, oh, that's all I have of them right now. Like, where are the babies? And it feels so weird because like you've had them inside you for so long and now you're spending like an hour away from them or two hours. I think it was even, it was a long time. And I don't know my phone. <laughs> they keep me busy. I'm like, just lying there. Like, yeah, it's, myself, it's a so. weird experience not having your baby with you so odd so odd. Yeah, really disconcerting and I didn't know like yeah right like it's it's really scary and you don't know what's happening you're yeah. thinking the worst so thankfully I was able to get the updates from the nurse who was able to say like yeah everything's okay but like they're just double checking baby B and like wait and see how he is so we hadn't named him yet at that point either because we were like okay baby A for sure is Oscar like we know he's Oscar <laughs> baby B were like ah and it was quick because they were worried about him so we hadn't named him so my husband wouldn't tell anybody what our second name was just in case we weren't like set on it so they were like oscar and baby b (laughs) like four hours of their lives and they were like okay yeah it's oliver it's definitely gonna be oliver he's such a he's such an oliver now he definitely fits it but um they finally wheel you back up to like the room that you're going to be going into for the next couple days because you're not supposed to be getting up and whatever else like you know that you're going to be kind of like holding like it's for us it was going to be we knew it would be three days in ontario that we'd be in the uh, in the hospital after the c-section so they wheel us in and then my partner was able to take them. He like double burritoed them. He put them both into the same like little Aww. like hospital uh, thing and like carried them down because they're tiny. They were, they weighed, uh, Oscar, baby A was six three, six pounds, three ounces, which is like a decent size for, like, but he yeah. was 37 weeks. Like, I mean, he was a pretty decent size baby. That's, yeah, that's He was full good. term by any standards, right? Yeah. Um, so he was doing great. And then Ollie was four nine. He was just a little peanut. So Aww, he was like, he's but sick. he was, He's, he's always been little. He's always been a little. And even like they looked at, um, they weren't sure if the twins were fraternal or not before, like during my pregnancy, just because there was a flu, a few fluky things that they could have been. So they, t- they took the placentas and sent them off to the lab. So uh, my partner had looked at the placentas too, and uh, which are crazy cool. Like I'm like fascinated by them. Amazing. Like, yeah. Yes. So, so baby B's looked so different from baby A's as well. Baby A's was like big and juicy and had like a big thick cord. Baby B's was smaller and like looked older and had like a twisty, like a telephone cape, like a telephone cable, like those, like, you know, like like the bracelets. Almost. Yeah. It was like corded. It was like really skinny and like twisty and we're like, I don't know. It made, it kind of made sense. Like small baby, weird placenta, like baby, baby, like healthy placenta, which makes sense. It really makes sense. And also could have been why there were issues with like the during labor as well. They were just more worried about him. So it's definitely the right call in hindsight. It was definitely the right call for the C-section. Um, recovery wasn't much fun, but like, you know, surgery, it's major surgery. You've got two babies at home, so (laughs) you do what you can. But, um, so we finally got up, uh, hubby was able to double burrito them, bring them down. And then we started our journey from there. We were in the hospital for a couple of days. Um, baby B ended up being fine. They just had to wait until they got, uh, he was on IV, like a little IV thing through his foot, which is just like, um, you had to like wheel him down with the post every time with the little bassinet. I know you've experienced all of this. <laughs> so he comes with like a lot of machines. So yeah. he, um, and then trying to nurse two of them um, with him and a pole. I was like, oh my God, like, what do you want me to do here? Wow. So nursing two of them would, is, yes. like, must be such a, like so difficult and then so weird so weird I pretty much like the first time they got the the nurse came down and was like okay let's try nursing like 
you know, like a couple, like shortly after delivery, but like, you know, ideally I would have liked to have done it sooner, but I was in recovery. So um, I pretty much put my hands up over my head and the nurse was trying to latch one on one side. And my husband was trying to latch one on the other side. I was like, yeah, go to it guys. Like, just good luck. Go for it. I'll just keep my hands up here out of the way. (laughs) I know it's like the weirdest (laughs) sensation of like having, or like, you know, having people try and like latch your babies yes. or um, like, yes. have you ever milked by someone? Yes. Have you ever yes. been that? Yes. Yes. Like, I never, it's a lot of lactation consultants. <laughs> I've never ever thought that I would be milked before, but it's happened multiple times by someone. So <laughs> multiple wildly. people too, not even just one person. I've been milked by multiple people. Like, right. <laughs> and you never you get think? enough warning for that to happen. Like no. it's just... <laughs> But it's just, it's so crazy though. Like when you have a baby, you're like, I don't care anymore. Like, right. All you have to so do. you turn into like function, right? It's not like fashion. It's just function at that point. It's yeah, you're like, oh, this does what it does. Everything. Exactly. Like, exactly. And the inside of me. So yeah, and you put oh, yeah exactly. Exactly. Hopefully yeah. So thankfully right baby B ended up with the pole only for like, it was like 48 hours ish because they had to wait for the blood cultures to come back from the lab so that they knew that it wasn't an infection. Um, and then once they came back clear, they were able to take it all out quickly. And then we could do like a bath and things like that that we wanted to do. So you had lots of little, like all the little stickers from the band-aids and stuff all over the place. And, but they were sweet. So they were good. So they were, I mean, they were healthy babies. They were take-home babies, like, which we were so fortunate to have. We basically knew the risks being higher with twins. We knew like, okay, if I go into labor at before 20 weeks, I'm going to this hospital and this doctor, if I'm going at 22 to 24, I'm going to this one, 24 to 28, I go to this one to over 28, I can be a local. So it was kind of always like waiting for these stages of like, okay, like, you know, this is just like that, that marker of like, a little bit safer. Exactly. And being a little closer to home, which is nice as well. Being able to have my own doctors. It's really nice that you were able to stay close to home for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then to bring home twins at, you know, well, 30, they were 37 and one by the, like 37 weeks and, and a day <laughs> by the time they were born. So they were, they were good. They were healthy. They were, they were doing really well. Wow. Yeah. That and is, rest an is history. And now they're five and now they're five. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. It wasn't, I mean, I think I didn't have a lot of expectations with that birth. Like I really didn't know what was going to happen because I figured like twins, it's already kind of out of my hands. Um, and I just needed to trust my team. Um, I have no, I have no doubt that the C-section was the right call, but it still was a crappy recovery. Like, it's just a lot of healing. You're like incision, keeping incisions dry and like you're up all the time and it's just, it's painful. It's, it wasn't fun. It took a long time. I was numb up to my belly button for months. Like I'm going to say like almost a year probably. And then it slowly started to go down the numbness, like traveled, like I could feel more and more like at my belly button than just below my belly button. It slowly went down. And I was just at the incision. It's just a really, you're deep, still but, numb yeah. five years later, just at the, just at the incision, just at I know the incision. And Amanda, it's small. Amanda has said that her part, like her belly yeah. was still, and I might even still be like part of it or close to yeah. the incision might still be. Yeah. A little numb. numb. Yeah. Wild which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have to cut all the nerves, right? Well, so that's like, exactly you're it. like reiterating, like you have to like do, make all those connections again between like, yeah. I did a lot of physio trying to figure out how to like reconnect my brain to that part of my body basically, and like reform those pathways. So it's really fascinating, but it just took a long time. So then, um, with baby, baby three, um, second, it's weird because it's like the second pregnancy not second pregnancy even technically but like you know second delivery second live like birth third baby. baby yeah the third baby exactly we're like okay we've done this once before but with the c-section so we want without getting into the whole story we wanted to try for a vaginal birth with baby b or baby three rather <laughs> just to have that experience too so <laughs> but that's another story that could be another episode <laughs> right i know i've talked for a while now <laughs> no like like no thank you so much like this has been amazing such i like an amazing journey and like yeah thank you so much for sharing Well, thanks for thanks for letting me share i love birth stories i love sharing mine too i talk to like strangers in the grocery store if they ask me questions so (laughs) i love birth stories too thank you for listening to this episode of that pregnancy podcast If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.